0: Hi, this is Youth Radio on KEPWLP 97.3 FM. I'm Ozzie and I'm here with my co-host Casper. Today we're interviewing Cas, the co-founder of Transponder. Hi Cas, let's start by you know, asking what is Transponder.
1: Hi there, yeah, thanks for having me today. Um, again, my name is Cass. I use he, him pronouns. And gosh, Transponder is a lot of things. Um, Transponder is a nonprofit organization that focuses on the transgender and gender nonconforming, gender diverse communities. Um, we do everything from providing support, so like reasons to get together and hang out, you know what I mean? Um, as well as do a lot of work around making sure that um, there's education being given to the community, to the trans and gender diverse folks themselves, or to our service providers. We do a lot of training and education building. uh, And then we do a lot of resource navigation. So do you need to know what kind of doctors or service providers in town are like knowledgeable and aware of the trans community and actually make sure that the services they're providing are um, specific to our community. And so we we hold a lot of resources and like to get people connected to each other so we can make sure that our community is getting the best care possible. Um, But for a long time, I've really kind of said that Transponder is sort of like the firefighters for the transgender community. Um, We kind of show up where we're needed and try to help as often and as much as possible in all areas of life, really.
0: So, is LGBTQAI plus Pride a celebration or a protest?
1: Ooh, that's a good question. Um, well, it's a, it honestly, it's both, um, you know, there's a lot of conversation around where did pride start and, and a lot of, you know, observation of what does pride look like today. And pride is often attributed to the Stonewall riots in 1969 that happened in New York, um, You know, and those started, honestly, why did that even happen? That happened because the police decided to raid, um, you know, a gay bar, uh, and at the time it was actually illegal to be gay in the state, um, so these raids were not actually, they weren't uncommon, we'll say, but this was kind of the last straw night, uh, and the police came in to raid the Stonewall, and again, it wasn't the first time. And this time the community stood up and fought back and said, no, we won't take this. And what ensued from there was three days of riots uh, of the LGBTQIA plus population demanding equality, demanding to not be beaten and that be legal, demanding equality in all areas of life and, and demanding to change a lot of the ways that Um, The the big narrative, the national narrative, the narrative that we see in the newspapers and on the TV and in movies and in all the places, um, challenging and demanding that those representations be more accurate and not just trying to sway the public knowledge around a particular community to see that we were deviants or wrong or bad or, or not allowed in some way, right? Um, so that's what's often attributed to the, the starting of pride, but it is actually really important to note that Stonewall wasn't the first time that the community had been dealing in protests or dealing with the police. There are multiple um, kind of events, we'll say, um, all the way dating back to 1959. There was a riot at Cooper's Donuts um, in LA that was um, the LGBT population clashing with the police again. Then there was the Compton Cafeteria Riot in 1966 in San Francisco um, for a similar uh, event where there was uh, a lot of, honestly, a lot of trans people in the diner and then the police came and raided. Um, You know, and then there was the Black Cat Raid of 1967, also in Los Angeles, another police protest um event and then Stonewall happened in 1969. So you can see there's a lot of things that kind of led up to the point of Stonewall being the big event and a lot of people ask why does Stonewall get all the notoriety? Um, and really it's because it was a three-day event that the media was all over. Um, you know so because it was all over the media it got the biggest kind of you know impetus and a lot of the uh, a lot of the just ownership over where it all started. Really, you know, there was a, um, gosh, did I write it down? What was her name? There was a civil rights activist, Mia Yamamoto, um, who was commenting on um, kind of the Stonewall riots and why it was so popular in comparison to all those other events who, that did happen before it. And they said it looked so much like Selma, Alabama. It it was so much, the the civil rights movement and the LGBT movement were very close together. So it looked very much like the police overreacting and fighting back in Selma, Alabama, as you were seeing at the Stonewall riots, Um, which if you know about Selma, Alabama, that was a big moment in the racial justice movement of of our country here in the United States. Um, And Selma, um, the, the, or, you know, excuse me, uh, Stonewall riots, Compton's Diner, all these things you wanna know who is at the forefront of all of those? Trans people of color, particularly trans feminine people of color. And that's another really important thing that gets overlooked at the whitewashing of our pride history, to be honest. Um, trans people of color have at the forefront of our civil rights movement for the LGBTQIA population from the very beginning. And it shows very strongly where we are today, to to say how much more work we have to do. Still today, trans feminine people of color are the number one most attacked for transphobia, homophobia, murdered for gender related violence. Um, We are on track this year to have the most documented murders and deaths uh, due to transphobia in this country alone. Whereas last year we were already at the height. So we were midway through this year and we already beat, we're on, on track to beat last year's numbers. So this is a really big issue, the fact that we, don't acknowledge that the people who are at the forefront of these fights for us, that we all love to, you know, uh, kind of bask in the privilege that we get today for the fights that they did, and yet they're still the most discriminated against and marginalized in our community. And that's a big reason why transponders are around, right? Because we acknowledge this, we acknowledge that our community, you know, is still, this world was not created with us in mind. And so a lot of the work we do around Pride Month and every other day of the year, is to try to help acknowledge that and to lift up the voices of trans people who have been doing this work um, for decades and generations beyond when I ever came onto the scene, you know, and I thought I was the only person in this area who was trans or of the trans experience. And it just goes to show here we are in our ninth year uh, of, you know, transponder existing and we serve hundreds every year locally. Um so it's, it's a big deal we're We're actually a much larger community than a lot of people think.
0: <laughs> well, that was very interesting. How did Transponder start?
1: Yeah, well, you know, Transponder started nine years ago as a support group in my backyard, actually because I thought I was the only trans person here. Um, you know and, and what's really interesting is it's actually uh, it was a youth in my life who helped make this happen for me. Um, So I I am the uh, stepdad um, of of an individual who had a best friend at the age of 17 who came out to me um, as trans, as trans feminine even. And, And my mind kind of exploded because I could not even conceive what it would have been like for me at that age to be able to come out. I didn't come out till I was 24. Um, And I didn't medically transition or start any sort of like physical changes until I was 27. Um, So I was well into my adult years at that point before I made any changes. And so 17, you know, years old, my mind explodes. Um, And immediately I was like, you need support. You shouldn't have to go through this alone. Um, I had a friend of a friend who like connected me to another trans person that she happened to know in town. And then from there we were like, "Well, well, there's at least three of us at that point. (laughs) (laughs) surely there must be more and so we just started having a monthly group that we only talked about by word of mouth we never advertised it anywhere I will tell you after the first month our group showed up in the Eugene Weekly calendar and I have no idea how I didn't do it Um, (laughs) and so you know we for the first few years we started in 2012 we did not become an official nonprofit until 2016 so the first four years we were just basically a support group and later did some social outings stuff as well. It was just mostly so we could come together and see each other so that we could sit in the same physical presence of other human beings and acknowledge that we're not alone and that we're not the only people who experience these things. Like each transgender person's experience is very unique and different, but all of us who happen to be transgender do experience some things that are similar that those who aren't trans will never understand. And so being able to get into a room of other people and just hear their stories, it helped me feel validated. That, that I'm not so strange or different actually, um, you know, that there are a lot of people actually like me as well. Um, and so that's the roots of Transponder was just honestly so that we could sit in a room and acknowledge that we're not alone. Um, And then from there, like, we just grew. People found out about us. We had a group in town who was doing kind of like a trans coffee hour and they did it for a few months and we loved to support. We told our community all about it, but then circumstances changed and they had to stop that group. So they handed it off to us. And so then we're a support group and a social like coffee hour, you know, kind of hangout thing. And then that kept happening (laughs) where things would be in the community and people would hand it off or new people would come in and say, hey, I love what y'all are doing. Have you thought about doing this thing? And then offered to run it themselves, right? And so we just sort of naturally started to grow, you know, when people would report, hey, I got discriminated against at work. What do I even do about that? What rights do I even have? And do we have any lawyers in the state, let alone in our local area that have any knowledge? around how to navigate this. I was one of those people that was being discriminated against in the workplace because of my benefit packages and um, these trans exclusions that were allowed at the time. Those are not allowed anymore in our state of Oregon. But um, back when I was fighting for it, they, they were real uh, and I was definitely being discriminated against. And so having transponder, just having a community of trans people who were professionals and adults and parents and, you know, like all these other things in the community, our, our, our community brain was able to come together and say, who do you know, right? Who's a good doctor? Who's a good attorney? Who's, who's knowledgeable about how to deal with our world? Because our world is different. It just is. We have concerns and considerations that cisgender people don't have. And that's a blessing and a privilege for them. But they don't know it because they don't ever have to think about it. And we have to think about it all the time. And so that's another wh- reason why transponders stepped into the education world. Because we realized that we actually have a lot of well-intentioned people, well-intentioned doctors and service providers, all throughout this community. But we also live in an age where people would rather say nothing at all than say the wrong thing. And so we have a lot of people who aren't providing the services that they could because they're more afraid of harming someone than providing the services uh, You know, that, that honestly, these people don't have access to otherwise. Like our community, if people don't come forward and say, hey, I'm here for you, then where do we go? We, we don't, is, is really what happens. So transponders stepped up to the plate and started training some of these providers so that they could start providing these services in a way that they felt somewhat knowledgeable, that they knew they weren't gonna just constantly step on their patient's toes or their client's toes and say the wrong thing, and or acknowledge that, okay, this is gonna happen. There's no way you're gonna avoid it all the time. What do you do when it does? So how do you gracefully recover? That's actually a ton of our education right there. How do you gracefully recover when you do the wrong thing because you're not perfect and you're gonna do the wrong thing at some point? (laughs) I like to say that I have misgendered myself in public. If I can do it, you can guarantee that other people can and will. (laughs) So it is also not always malicious in intent when these things happen. And so we have to figure out how do we just roll with it, make sure we acknowledge it, right, correct it and move on in a way that we can keep the conversation rolling. So transponder is kind of a lot of things because it stemmed from the needs of the community. Like, you know, who was coming forward and saying, I need this kind of help. Um, You know, I have this sort of mental health issue that I'm dealing with and I need someone who's knowledgeable, not just about this very specific mental health issue. But also about being trans and being gender diverse in some ways like these two things are not mutually exclusive. They're absolutely related, but we need to be able to talk about them in an educated manner from both lenses. You know, so we show up in those ways to try to do that. Um, We've showed up in schools, we've showed up and spoken at, you know, GSAs, so Gender and Sexuality Alliances. Um, I used to do youth groups at Ophelia's Place uh, for a while because they would have parents who were dropping off actually trans masculine kids, but they weren't acknowledging their masculine identity. So they're being dropped at Ophelia's Place, which is, for those who don't know, an organization that's all about girls. Uh, and they are a trans inclusive environment. They include trans girls in their programming. But for a while, they were like, what do we do with these little trans masculine kids that are showing up like we, we acknowledge them, but uh, We have this mismatch. And so we came in and did some some trans masculine youth groups for a while because they had the population that needed that support. And it wasn't appropriate to put them in the same room with the rest of the girls or the girl identified. Um, youth that were there, you know, using their services. So we kind of just show up where we're needed. Um, So that, and that's a lot of what we do. Uh, We get, we have an info line and we get requests from, I just need another trans person to talk to, to I'm looking for a doctor, to I'm having this legal issue to, um, you know, uh, just absolutely everything under the sun you can imagine we are here for the trans population. And a lot of what we do is referring out to other organizations because we are very small. (laughs) We are, we are like, a group of four to six in any given moment who's actively engaged running this thing. So a lot of the time it looks like, oh, we have an, an expert in this realm in our state. We're gonna refer you over to that expert, like Basic Rights Oregon, when we're talking about legislative related issues and things like that.
0: Yes, uh, so our next question is, what, like, would you like to tell us about the services you have that are available to the youth or the younger peoples of your
1: community? Yeah. Well, some interesting information. So, when Transponder popped up as an official organization, nonprofit in 2016, we discovered that we were one of only two org- nonprofits in the state who were founded and run by transgender individuals, and the only one in the state who serviced both youth and adults. Um, so so just, just interesting, now here we are in 2021, actually actually, as of last year in 2020, there's another organization in Corvallis, the Mid-Willamette Valley Trans Support Network. Ooh, look at that, I remembered. Um, and they provide a lot of the similar services as to what Transponder does. They're just based out of Corvallis. Um, so, so the things that are happening are starting to grow. But I mention that because we're not a youth-specific organization. Um, That said, we do serve the youth population. What does that mean? That means most of our um, event programming, so our support groups and our social outings, and we have book clubs and weekly yoga events and all this stuff, all those things are all ages except for one, which is our community support group. It's 16 and up, Um, but all the other ones are all ages. And so, and that's the majority of our programming. We really try to keep all ages programming where appropriate, Um, When we are outside of COVID days, then we will have some like happy hour programming that's um, 21 and up. Uh, So we try to have the whole breadth of programming, but to just sort of specifically mention um, what some of the things are that we have. um, You know, like I said, we've got two different support groups in a month, book club, we have a trans and disability group that's all ages, a uh, queer trans uh, BIPOC group, Uh, that's um, all ages, uh, weekly yoga. And then we also have some programming outside of our events that is youth um, available. And a couple of the important things to know about is one fun thing, which is we have an art delivery program. So we have a partnership with Mecca um, where we will literally just uh, drop a grab bag of art supplies on your doorstep so that you have something creative to do. This started during COVID because we were all locked in our houses and we didn't have fun things to do and we needed a creative outlet. So there's no expertise expectation from the person receiving this art. They don't have to ever make anything. They don't ever have to share anything. It's for them. If they want to share it, we would love to see it. But zero expectation. It's really just so that you have something fun to do. And definitely that program is all ages. We have certainly had some youth participate and have uh, some really fun creative moments. Um, And the other really important one I want to mention is we have a gender affirming voucher program. Uh, This is in partnership with As You Like It, the Pleasure Shop, which is uh, also the Eugene Intimate Health Center. Um, So they have kind of like two establishments and one is youth accessible. And this youth accessible side, they're able to give gender affirming products like binders and gaffs and bras and breast forms. It will also give you access to gender-affirming books and literature and clothing. Um, So like there's on our website, there's a form, there's an application basically that you can fill out and then get put in. I'll tell you this program is always out of money. Like the moment we put money in it, it's like it's gone, but we have a waiting list. So please, even if you hear us say somewhere that there isn't funds right now, please go sign up if you need it because you'll be put on the wait list and then we'll make sure that you get in the next round of funding that we can do. Uh, and the cool thing is, as I will mention, there are some exciting, excited funders out there right now who are thinking about funding that specific program. So yes, please, if you have requests, bring it in. We started that program in June of 2020, so last year. And it, since that time, we have received, what was it? It was 80 plus requests, um, specifically just to participate in that program and have given out nearly $4,000 of vouchers. And so, and that's, and again, we lose money within 48 hours of advertising that we have it every time. So that tells you there's way more demand out there um, than we're able to fulfill. And hopefully that program will only continue to grow so we, we can provide more. But during a time when Youth and adults both were being denied access to their their medicals, their trans-related medical services. So when they, some people had surgeries scheduled and then canceled as soon as COVID hit, with no rescheduled attempt. And so as you can imagine, this could cause major mental health issues. Um, And so we tried to create this program to help give people affirming access to gender. So if you can't get access to any sort of the medical stuff you wanted, maybe you can at least feel good in your body by getting gender affirming supplies or clothing to help you feel better in your day-to-day life while we're still navigating this world of COVID and trying to get access to our medical services again.
0: How can people find out when and where Transponder programs
1: are happening? Oh, good question, yes. Uh, the easiest way is probably our website, which is www.transponder.community. We are a dot .community, not a dot .com. Um, we are also on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. You can find us on all the social media. Um, and we do advertise our events a lot. Uh, if you are a trans or gender diverse person yourself, we have an email list That is exclusive to the community where we always announce what events and interesting news related information that's going on a lot of community partner stuff that's going on so that you like If there's street feeds for our organ, you know, that are focused for our community or other cool things happening. We like to advertise those if you're an ally and want access to the same kind of information. We also have an allies email list. If you want to get on either of those. Just say, hey, I want on, and tell us which list. Send it to info at and we will get you signed up. Um, we try to make sure that our information is as out there and visible as possible, and we are always open to feedback um, and or questions if you just can't seem to find what you're looking for. So we're definitely here to help, um, and our website's definitely the best place to start. Is
0: there anything else you'd like to share with us? Here?
1: Gosh, yeah, you know, I just want to acknowledge that COVID has been really hard, you know, and COVID has been especially hard for our trans and gender diverse youth, because in a lot of cases, they've been stuck in homes and in living situations with non-affirming families or non-affirming housemates, as it may be. Um, and so I just want to say even though you may not have been as affirmed over this last year because you haven't been able to show up to school and your safe places haven't been accessible to you in the same way that you're still as valid as you were before COVID hit that there is still a community out here that's here to support you if you feel like you're alone please know that you're not and I highly encourage you to reach out to Transponder or any of your local Um, you know, support that you have. Reach out to someone and get connected because you're not alone. There is someone out there who is going through something very similar who can at least stand by your side, hold your hand, sit next to you, whatever needs to happen, just so that you know you don't have to go through this life alone and feel isolated. We deal with that enough. We've got a whole community here that wants everyone to know that that you don't have to go through this alone. And that would probably be the number one thing I would wanna say. And that includes, I just wanna extend that to our providers and our service people and our super allies who are also feeling a little ostracized and don't really know how to engage with the community during these weird social distance and quarantine times. Um, We need your support and your guidance now more than ever. Um, We are a highly isolated population. And you can imagine during a time of isolation as an entire, like everyone, as a global community, our trans and gender diverse folks are feeling more isolated than ever, I would just encourage everyone to reach out. Say, hey, how you doing? You don't have to say, hey, I heard that you're more marginalized than me, and so I should probably reach out. No, (laughs) we don't need to go there. We can just say, hey, I was thinking about you. Curious how you're doing. Just extend a knowledge branch, check in how your loved ones are. It's a little extra hard as we're coming out of this pandemic because both we've been isolated and now we're trying to figure out what being social means again. And for a lot of us, that's a really difficult thing to navigate. So just a little extra check-in, making sure your people are okay, it could be all, all the world of difference right now.
2: I wanted to hear a little bit from Ozzy and Casper as well. Will you share a little bit with me It made me take turns. What What do you think about this great resource in our community, Ozzy?
0: I found that interview like one of the most interesting interviews I've ever done. I've only done like three, but you know, out of those three, (laughs) it's been the most interesting and really entertaining. Yeah, thank you so much. I it's been hard since you know there hasn't been much activity in the on my end of what I'm seeing lately, there hasn't been much activity on the LGBTQ plus community that I have seen like events or anything. And it was just great to get together and talk about it a little
1: bit. Yeah, thanks so much. I always have a ton to say, so I'm gonna try to not (laughs) overshare. I'm a talker, but yes, this was a lot of fun for me. I was really glad to, to have a chance to just, connect and get the information out there and be a little bit more youth focused about it. I don't get
2: that opportunity as much anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you think, uh, Casper, that that there'll be things that Transponder, that you've heard about during this interview today that interest you that you might want to learn more about?
0: Yeah, definitely. I thought that the resource group was really, really interesting and cool. And I know I have siblings that would Absolutely
1: love to check that place out. So very, very interesting. I realize I didn't mention, uh, our Let's Talk Transgender support group that's all ages is also uh, open to allies. So if youth need to come with their, with their bestie or their friend who may not actually identify as trans or gender diverse themselves, that's a safe group to be able to do that. And so you have your own support network too.
2: What do you think, Ozzy? Did, is there anything in particular that Cass shared that you thought was uh, something that interested you to be involved in? Oh, uh,
0: well, I have a friend who's transgender and she's been like, Ozzy, I'm not good at finding stuff out. Can you please get something for me to do? Cause she kind of sucks at doing stuff. And so, you know, now I have something to tell her and that's great. And also I found it really the first part your answer to is L G B T Q I A plus Pride a celebration or a protest. I thought your answer to that was very good and I really that. Yeah, yeah, I agree with her a lot on that.
1: Absolutely. Our history is really important and we can when we get further and further away from it, it can get distanced to the point that we're not teaching it anymore sometimes. And and you know, I certainly am not of the generation that would have been there at Stonewall or Compton's Diner or, or any of these places. And I didn't realize how important it was to my history um, to to know this information until I was well into my 30s, to be quite honest. Uh, I didn't realize how important it was to really know where we came from and why we're fighting and why we're celebrating and what we're celebrating. Because yeah, we can all ra- wave the rainbow flags and go out and have a good time together, but but why, why are we doing this? You know, what exactly are we celebrating? Cause it's not just a reason to party. Um, you know, it, it is actually an acknowledgement that we can be out in public and like wave our flags and, and be this, you know, ourselves in whatever way that means. It, it is our liberation, you know, for our gender and our sexual liberation um, to be acknowledged in public that we are just as valid as anybody else. And for most of our history in this country, that has not been true, that we could do anything remotely close to that without receiving a whole lot of violence. In 2020, so 69 is Stonewall when it started riot, right? 2020, or excuse me, 2019, 50 year anniversary. And there's all these pictures down near Stonewall and they're all pride and they're waving their flags and it looks lovely and wonderful. The very next year, 2020, we couldn't have pride because of COVID, right? So what they did instead is they devised a peaceful march to march through the streets and we ended up having a reenactment of the 69 Stonewall Riots. The police came out again in force against the community and it was not pretty. So it just goes to show that even 51 years later, after this commemoration of why we're celebrating this month, we are still fighting the same exact problems we always have been. Um, So that's not to say that we haven't moved and the conversation hasn't changed. Obviously it has. But again, these are really important details to just know because it isn't all rainbows and butterflies and happy times when it comes to pride. There is a lot of struggle still today.
0: That's really sad.
2: I'm thankful, and try to add some brightness to this, uh, to have Casper here on the show with us a beautiful yeah. young woman, at I feel like I she, <laughs> and I'm I'm glad that you are able to live in a community where you can feel comfortable being yourself. And so, you know, trying to look at the bright side that of our community in particular, I feel like we're really lucky. I think there's a lot of places in this nation, and I'm sure around the world, that we're not as lucky, even though, you know, there's still things we have to work on for sure. And I hope that your family, I would like to thank, supports you. I mean, how is that for you, Casper?
0: My family is split. Like, my parents both divorced and remarried. So half of my family is very supporting, and the other half is not so supporting supportive, mm-hmm. I guess. But I feel very lucky that I do have that half of my family that is still very support, supportive and I'm trying to work on the other half of my family because coming after them wasn't as pretty, I guess.
2: Well, then you are the living example of uh, changing things still and continuing the work that's so necessary for the half of your family to, to learn and understand better about um, what should be in my opinion, just obvious that, you know, we love our uniqueness and everybody should have the ability to be who they are. And that is super important. And uh, apparently we're still working on it. But you know, keep up the good fight. (laughs) I mean, how boring would life be if we were all the same? Dull. So true. (laughs) Anyway, I want to tell you thank you, Cass, and thank you, Ozzy and Casper, for helping uh, with this fabulous interview. I'm super appreciative all the way around.
1: Yeah, this was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for thinking about Transponder and asking us to come and participate. Uh, and we're definitely, um, certainly open and interested to doing it again sometime if you want to have us back. Take care.
0: Thank you so much, Cass. This is the Youth Radio on kpw P- P- 973 FM, written online at cacw.org. I'm I've been here with my co-host, Casper, interviewing Casper Transponder. Thank you for coming on the show, Casper. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thanks so much. This was fun.